the sharks give us a little bit of a teaser and then they snatch it away in epic proportion. <laughs> we'll talk about all that and more on this edition of Teal Town USA After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the chomp conversation, <laughs> chat with us and fellow Sharks fans uh, on the page or the app. Of course, check us out in the YouTube chat. But that's also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Re- Reels, uh, Reddit, Discord, shenanigans over at TikTok. <laughs> And more at tealtownusa.com. And of course, you can always support the pod over at tealtownusa on the Venmos as well. We really appreciate it. And of course, that super chat's there as well if you like what you see. I am happy and, uh, happily joined by uh, by Miss uh, Jules. Jules, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. The Sharks gave us a game, which is more than I thought that I could say before coming on here. We have a game. I, we we had a game for sure. Um, I, I mean, it was a little bit lopsided. <laughs> and, oh no, for sure. I, I wasn't saying it was pretty. I was just saying it was, it was more interesting than what I thought it was going to be, which is like a nine and O blowout. So <laughs> yeah, right. At least it was something a little bit different. But uh, but no, unfortunately, the Sharks did fall uh, to the Hurricane six to three this evening. Um, and I, I mean, it was uh, spirited back and forth. Um, for sure at the beginning and then I think the Sharks just kind of um, got outmatched by the depth of Carolina and I think you know this goes to show you why they're so good Um, and and why this team I think is going to do some damage in the postseason I mean they haven't gotten that gotten over the hump in a little while um, for conference finals but um, you know you just got to give yourself the shot to get there and I think from what we saw tonight you know if you can open up um, you know, a game like that and then just outlast your opponents the way in which they do. I think they're going to set themselves up for, for long-term success, that's for sure. But to get this started with, the Sharks actually opened up scoring. I mean, what is this? At 3 minutes and 14 seconds, Fabian Zetterland on the breakaway with a beautiful up pass from Tomas Hurdle gets us started. And, I mean... We liked the way in which Zetterlund has been playing. We thought he was a little Timo light. Um, and I think, honestly, this just goes to show you the, the kid has some good acumen and, you know, jumped up in the play and made it count. What'd you see on the play, Jules? I think we forget about the human aspect of hockey. Like, the dude was traded in the middle of the year, and then I saw a lot of people being like, oh, Zetterlund's not good, Zetterlund's not good. The dude has a shot. Like, I don't know if y'all saw that. That was a sick, first of all, nice pass. I forgot who it was. I think it was Hurdle. Uh, hurdle with a smooth ass pass over to Zetterlin and he just ripped it like guys he he's going to be good I don't see him as a top six but like he, he's a player and he's shown that to us in the first like three games I know it's a small sample size um uh, but we what a shot Ian and I were talking that um Zetterlin I think projects to be like a, a nice second line winger if if he reaches his ceiling and I think his floor is a nice third line winger I yeah think, I think he's a good player and I think he's somebody that that can be a value on a 
you know, on a championship level team. And, and I think right now, if you were to put him on, you know, say a, a, a Carolina or a, a Florida or a Tampa, you know, he might be playing third line, fourth line minutes, but here in San Jose, I think he's got a little bit of a, of a shot to showcase what he can do. And Oh, a hundred percent. And a, a lot way. of players do. And a lot of players do. Like also, if you look back at that Meyer trade, now you have Zetterlin, who's a potential like third line, second line, you have musty, who I think we've talked about so much on this podcast, and you have Mook Madulin. Mm-hmm. Like, you possibly get three cornerstones to your next, like, core right there. So yeah, it, it's looking better and better. Yeah, I think, you know, in the, in the beginning, and especially with a with a player like Timo, who's, you know, born and bred in the system, you, you know, you're, you're attached to those kind of players. But I think in the long run, what you look at is um, some really good pieces, some really interesting pieces, um, that can can make up for Timo's um, scoring, and and I think it can can all you know all of a sudden do a little bit better um, of a job of of depth for the Sharks versus having that high end talent. And I think we oh, had 100%. Yeah, we had talked about the team needing some depth. So again, awesome that um, that we were able to get the the scoring started off on the right foot. Can um, I mention Timo got benched last game for the Jet Devils? Sorry, I was just, just about to say that too. Yeah, <laughs> Timo I'm just pointing that out third. there. Yeah, Lindy Ruff benching him, and and unfortunately, you know, right now Timo's having a little bit of a hard time, right? You know, in in Jersey, but um, you know, we know what T- Timo can do, and we know no, he's yeah. a slow starter. And um, he's going to come out and get a hat trick next game. Now that Teal Town said that, so be prepared. Exactly as as. Uh, Puck guy would say the uh, post teal syndrome. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, uh, you know, going in, uh, you know, into the next uh, goal. Unfortunately, um, Seth Jarvis would tie it up four minutes and six seconds. So it was a little, you know, uh, under a minute. So that's that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. But um, the the goal would be scored on um, special teams and it was uh, bunting and terrifying and getting the assist there. And again, we had talked about, um, you know, getting the goaltender kind of out of position and cross, you know, cross ice movement. And again, you see why, because, you know, nine times out of 10, when you get that goaltender moving side to side, um, it's, it's their weakest, it's their weakest time, um, you know, to be shooting on them. And, you know, it's kind of just goes to show you now, I think, Position-wise, I, I would have liked the team to be um, a little bit better when in their own defensive zone because I think, quite honestly, the PK was a little bit all over the place tonight. Um, and, and this kind of shows you why um, Carolina's power play is really a very interesting power play in that a puck can be shot from any which way out of that power play. It's not necessarily a number one guy on there, but what that power play really does well is it's the volume of shots you face from it. And it's the directions and angles that you're getting a lot of shots um, from that Carolina power play. So they have threats everywhere. Like Carolina's ridiculously stacked offensively. Like literally like anyone there could be a threat. I thought Michael Bunting had a really good game. He's just a pest to play against. And like, you literally have bunting. They also were missing Aho and Svechnikov, and they still had that good of a power play. Like, that's something we need to remember. They're missing two of their arguably best. Well, Aho is their best player, but like two arguably of their top two players. Um, and their power play still looked very crisp against very crappy penalty kill, which isn't normal for the Sharks. Um, I don't remember if it was this goal, but I don't know what Ferraro was doing. I think the man was trying to help the Canes out. 
instead of the Sharks. I think he forgot what team he was playing on uh, there for maybe, like five seconds. Yeah, maybe seeing Burnsy again, he's like, uh-oh, I think I'm on the wrong side of the ice here. <laughs> well, apparently him and Burnsy were hanging out, so you don't know what happened. But like, you know, he's like, give us the puck. Um, And Farrar did that. So props to him. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. Um, but that mean that shot, the shots on goal um, in that in that first period was just hilariously, um, hilariously lopsided 18 to five in favor of Carolina. And again, you, you had texted me, you know, midway through that first period. And you're like, are we going to get a track meet? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking back and forth. And, you know, there is no. Um, sense of control through the neutral zone. It just seemed like everybody was losing the puck in the neutral zone, and you were getting these, you know, two on ones or three on twos or just this back. For a and while, forth play. I genuinely thought it was going to be like an eight to nine game, and I was like, Sharks, you picked the wrong team to get into track meet with. But arguably, this Sharks team can score compared to other teams where they couldn't really score. Um, but also, the Sharks just can't break out the puck out of their own zone. I'm so, sorry, they were horrible at that tonight. I will say this. I mean, the the one guy that I think was moving the puck consistently was was Henry Henry Thrun. You know, he didn't really have a great game last game, but yeah. you know, kind of victimized on on the goal that you know the Avalanche scored. But you know, Thrun to me is a guy in which you did he play last game? I thought he was benched one of the games and he came in today for Vlasic. I might be wrong though, so don't quote me on that. But anyways, I, you know what? I think you're right because I I think I'm thinking about the first game when I did. He got dark. victimized against Vegas. I yeah. think that was it because um, exactly. he had a really bad game against him Vegas. But who does who didn't have a bad game? So yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean that that game was just gnarly. But um, getting back to it, I mean you know a guy in which I felt, you know for me I look at his puck movement and the way in which he can get the puck out of the zone and he's one of the few from the blue line that can do that right now one other yeah. guy that I liked tonight was Kanijov. Um I felt that you know he had a, a good game and I felt he had a, a good strong presence um, but like you said I think it felt the rest of the guys just kind of felt like they were skating through mud a little bit on the back end I felt the the forwards did a very good job tonight Bordy and and um, Eki especially on on breaking out the puck and being there to support um, Eklund was trying to like kind of do everything himself at some point. We just saw, I think he got really frustrated with his own defense and was like, I'm just going to take this puck and try to just smash through this defense. Um, but yeah, no. And yeah, like, that, I mean, in that third period, of course, I mean, in, in the first couple of, you know, the first couple of periods, I thought, you know, the team product consistent effort, but that third period was just bad all around. Um, they didn't let a shot on goal for like five minutes into that, of that third period and then decided, well, we're ahead and it's nap time, so let's take a nap. Um, also, why is Kyle Burroughs on our top defensive pairing? <sighs> I mean, this was this was what <laughs> I said. This is what I said um, on that first game. I'm like, Burroughs is being featured way too hard. Oh, and thank you so much, Jerry. We just got a super chat donation coming in from Jerry. I will put it up uh, as uh, as soon as it comes up. Here we go. And uh, and he's saying thanks for the awesome coverage. TT USA will be our commiseration station for most of the games this <laughs> year. Just think, only seventy mi- seventy nine more oh, to God. go. Yikes! You know, I, I mean, Malcolm I- Salbrini. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm not going to start that now. Hey, I mean, I I you know what? I just I I hope he's a good player. That's all I hope. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, like I said, in that fir- first couple of periods, I thought it was very good. I thought the skating was crisp. I thought you know the team had a had a 
good idea of what they wanted to do. I don't think they executed it in the greatest mm -mm. of, of mm -mm. respects, but I think the co I think the game plan, you know, w was sort of there. And then in that second period, um, you know, really it became a, a story of special teams. And, you know, it was the fact that the Sharks special teams, while scoring two, had a real big problem, you know, defending in their own zone on, on multiple occasions and would let in a shorthanded goal for Carolina's second goal of the evening coming in at 8.54. It was a wrist shot, a shorthanded goal um, from Jacob Slavin. And this is just one that you just cannot let happen. I mean, Jacob Slavin is a defensive defenseman. <laughs> Going into the zone with one other, you know, you know, kind of half forward, um, you know, with him, and I say half forward because he was covered, and yet he's able to get the puck off very quickly, um, and and the team just not tag him coming through the zone, and I just, I I don't understand the lack of defensive acumen on the PK. You know, I know that for a long time, Eric Carlson was the poster child of, you know, don't give a crap on the PK in the defensive zone. But I don't know if the team has has been watching his highlights or just remembering his old habits. But Jules, what would you see on the shorthanded goal? I mean, I just I'm at this point, I'm I'm like, guys are new and yet this is still happening. I think the Canes are also just a different beast of a team. I think this was the fourth shorthanded goal they scored this season. Mind you, they've played maybe four to three games of hockey. So I'm not taking the Sharks off the hook here. Listen, the Sharks have never really been good at the power play to start the year. Last year, I literally put out a tweet saying, can a team reject a power play? Right. Um. So the Sharks should consider doing that once in a while, by the way. But um. <laughs> no, it... I don't know who it was. Eklund tried to, I think it was either Eklund or Hoffman. I do not recall. Someone can yell at me in the chat. Yes, Hoffman. So yeah, Hoffman just tried to get it in the zone, tried to do a pass without looking and Slavin was just like, I'm going to take it. Um, and at that point, like Blackwood was at like 20 plus shots. And like, you can't have Blackwood save you from everything. Like the dude's playing well. This isn't maintainable to him. Like you're, stop. Um, but also like they're running with five forwards. So every PK is going to be more aggressive because they know there's no defense. Like if you look at who's out there, you have Hoffman cannot play defense hurdle hurdle. He'll either play. I don't know what to do with hurdle right now, but, um, he's playing well. Um, ish, like ish. Uh, he did pass Owen Nolan for like fifth, I think all sixth or fifth in all time points for the sharks, which is pretty cool. But like PKs are going to, because they, they don't have defense right now in their power play. You have five forwards. So, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to tell you there. It was it's going to happen a lot this year, I think, with the five forward power play. Yeah, and Hoffman, I mean, I just I don't understand why you go with the five forwards there. I mean, I know that because who are you going to put at the point? Put Thrun you at have the point. Thrun. Yeah. No, he's already at the point for PP2. Put him on PP one. I mean, I just and then who's quarterbacking PP two? Uh, uh, Benning, <laughs> Vlasic, Burroughs. Shoot, put put Kanijov back there. Put Jan Ruda back there for Christ's <laughs> sake. I don't know, but I mean, 
I, 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 Landy wants Vlas a quarterbacking a power. Oh no, no! Don't don't you put that on me. Don't you put that on me. But my point is, I think I think in the perfect world they would have Couture on that point where the defenseman would be because Couture arguably is pretty reliable defensively. So I think that's what Quinn is, was hoping for. Couture, de- um, Couture defenseman. Couture defenseman. <laughs> he's better than. Uh, Vlasic arguably defensively so I don't know man but yeah I, I want them to put Thrun on that first power play just give it like Thrun Eklund Bordalo Hurdle and like Zadina like have at it boys well and then this is the part in which we kind of got teased because then Philip Zadina would come in at 9-11 on the power play his second goal of the season with Zetterlin getting the assist there. So Zetterlin already picking up a two point night. And Can we also talk about Zadina fighting for hurdle and that not getting called and then him getting the only penalty on that play, please. Uh, so, and, and I think it bleeds into another point tonight, the official officiating. I mean, I know we're early in the season and I know that this is me, you know, wearing my teal tinted glasses here, but <laughs> Man, it just seemed like the, it was the tackish crap that they were calling, and it was inconsistent, and I think there were some extra liberties taken that should have been called and that weren't called, and I just, I, I don't, I don't understand, I mean, I know we always face inconsistency, I know at the very beginning of uh, of the season with officiating, but this just looked like freaking ECHL refereeing. This was such bad refereeing. I was like, th- I-, I think they are also the same refs from last game. And I don't think last game also had the best officiating crew ever. But I think since Quinn yelled at the refs during that one game, I don't remember the exact, do you get last year? I think the refs just hate the sharks now. And like, everything's going to get called against us. Cause refs, refs remember that type of stuff. Yeah. I um, mean, and, and the sharks, let's just say, I think historically have never garnered a lot of love from the officials. I mean, except during the Vegas game seven game, I'm sorry to bring that up. (laughs) Well, besides that, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I look at the Evander Kane and how long the the Evander Kane situation in which, you know, he um, uh, tangled up with a referee and how long it took for him to get out of their, you know, out of their doghouse, And then, um, you know, when talking about um, Quinn and how he chewed out the refs, you know, last year, and now he's in the doghouse with with the refereeing. I yeah. think it just feels like the Quinn era of 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 Sharks um, might not get the calls yet, and I think it's going to take a little bit for for the uh, for the refs to not be butt hurt. So that's. But my issue is Hurdle was like implanted into the boards, oh, and he honestly could have gotten hurt. And then Zadina was the only one who got a penalty for standing up to his dude, like standing up for arguably his captain right now. And you could and um, you could arguably say that the that the um, the cross check in which the Sharks inflicted upon the Carolina Hurricanes was less egregious than what Hurdle took. And that was Duclair got the most weirdest cross check penalty where both his arms weren't even on it. One of his arms were off and he was just pushing up against the guy. It's and like even, what are you supposed to do in that situation, right? I mean, you're not the 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 his his 
his stick is not vertical or not horizontal and he's not having two hands on it and yet he's still called it for a cross check on that a, a cross check and i just i don't under I, I like you i don't get it i just i didn't get it um and like, that call makes no sense yeah so i don't know I, but, but you could also argue that canes had a pretty major call go against them in the review of eklund's goal which we can get to later but like it was just crappy officiating was it, on was both it though? ends. I mean, we always... I, I can see the argument. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, and, and, and we'll talk about... I guess I guess that's probably not not a bad a bad way to get into it because Eklund would score his first of the season. And uh, yay, you know, I'm, I'm so happy yeah. for that kid. Um, again, last year was kind of a slog for him and... Um, you know, we had hoped that he was going to get a goal last year, um, but, you know, he gets his goal and that's good. Um, gets not a power play. Thrun and Hurdle get the assist. Um, again, I, I thought Thrun did a great job of, of moving the puck, um, was rewarded with a good assist there. The same thing with Hurdle assisting on that one. Um, but let's talk about this goal. I think, one, it's good to see Eklund driving the net quickly it's good that he is using his best asset which is his skating um and in puts a a good puck on the net and just kind of had a had a nose for um oh goal uh, Eklund had a goal last year I'm sorry but the first of his season this year and it came pretty quick so that I think what I'm thinking of is just the, the the speed in which he got his goal but um going back to what he's doing good this season I just think that he's just driving play and, and again, driving to the net a little bit stronger than he was last year. And, you know, being a, a net positive for his line mates. Um, and so to be... I think whoever plays with Eklund right now is better. Like, he made Luke Cunning look good. I, I would just like to point that out. Like, whoever he's playing right now is making them better. Like, he's just... His IQ is ridiculous, um, you know. And he's, like, forechecking like an absolute maniac right now. Yeah. And like Quinn's throwing him out there on the penalty kill when Zadina was in the box, he was out there doing penalty kill. And during preseason, I know it was preseason, whatever, but he got some pretty good chances. And like <laughs> Eklund's gonna be a problem for the league, and I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I know it'll be it'll be nice to see, you know, maybe him and Bordy play on a line, or him and um, him and Will Smith, you know, come and play on a line soon. You know, I'd love to see him get a. Um, you know, get a good centerman or, or at least if he evolves into a centerman, um, you know, he can, he can lead a couple of good line mates. So again, good to see that on him, but I think now going kind of over overall of, of about the goal itself, you know, he, he comes in and, and like you said, uses IQ to place himself in a great position, um, goes far side uh, on a, like on a set on a streaking, streaking play. And, you know, there was initial the, the contact was initiated outside of the blue paint, and so when I see that, especially if it's the initiating player, if the goaltender makes a a strong move to come to the top of his circle and even come out of the top of the circle, um, out of this out of his crease, um, and when I talk top of the circle, I mean top of the half circle, um, yeah. but when he comes out of the crease and and gets outside of the blue paint. When you have the the goal scorer initiating the contact, I think it's it's fair game, right? Because again, it starts outside of the goaltender's zone. Um, you know, I think what I initially saw was the the two players getting um, their skates kind of tied together. 
but then I think what the, I guess the egregious point of view from Carolina's perspective was the fact that there was a little bit of a, of a pad impediment. Now, I don't think the pad impediment was to the point in which he could not make the save. I also don't think that the contact that that um, uh, Eklund initiated also materially changed how the, the save was going to be made. Um, yeah. I, I think by going out and, and being over-aggressive, I think Auntie Ranta put himself in a place in which he could, could have gotten scored. And I think the, the league oftentimes errs on the side of the goaltender. I don't like that. I prefer they err on the side of the scoring. And and if they're going to you know come down on the goaltender side, then at least um, explain the the areas in which you know you're you're trying to go through. Now, I think somebody in the in the chat, and I think it was let me see, I think it was either Swift Shark or not so mid major. Um, was saying that you know they'd like to yeah. see an explanation, and that does come out. That does come out to the broadcasts. Now it's up to the broadcast whether they want to share it, um, but there should have been but also an explanation. What somewhere. is goaltender interference in this league? Because for the last like several years, goaltender interference has just been this little like we're gonna call goaltender interference when we feel like it, but it's never gonna be consistent. Like so, and the thing is, I get why like. Brenda Moore was upset. Like I get the like pad and like his skate went into the pad or something like that makes sense. But since we have no definition of what goaltender interference is, I think people, you know, Kane's fans might argue that it was goaltender interference and Sharks fans are like, no, this is perfectly fine. So just getting clarity on that, I think is also important. No, I think you bring up some great points. And, and again, I think it's always, Good to have a large set of challenges happen, especially in the beginning of the season, so that you know you can understand the the nuances of how goaltender inter- interference is going to be called in this particular season. I know that that has been a floating, you know, it's been a floating point, um, especially you know throughout the league's history on what is and is not goaltender interference. But again, I think always having a good sample size and having a good explanation from the league front office is is paramount, especially when you're, when you're trying to foster um, goodwill towards the fans. Because I think, you know, if anything, hockey is probably one of the more esoteric when it comes to to rules. And I get a lot of questions about how do you understand what goaltender interference is? How do you, you don't? Yeah, exactly. And, and you so, can't explain goaltender interference. Like for anyone out there who's not watching hockey, if you ask us what is goaltender interference, I think it changes year to year, night to night. Like honestly, I would not be surprised two months from now if we see the same exact goal get called back for goaltender interference because yeah. it changes constantly. Like the NHL rules changes constantly. Um, there's no explanation to any, except for maybe offsides and icing, which even that arguably is debatable. There, there's no, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree, and I think, you know, um, <laughs> the offsides. It's funny you bring that up. That's oh that's become arbitrary as well. So I, again, I <sighs> clarification is always good, and I think I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, because um, this is a whole other discussion. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Aaron Jacks, thank you so much for chiming in. Zadina looks like a gift. Um, I I totally agree with that, and let's also not. Um, Let's not forget uh, that playing with Tomas Hurdle and playing with a fellow countryman can do a lot to your self-confidence. So 
I, I think that that's um, not to be discounted. Um, that dude has a shot. And he has a shot. Whew. Like, I saw that and I was like, guys, this was a smart pickup by Mike Greer. Like, honestly, I know it's early. This might blow in my face down the, like, 72 games from now on. But, like, you know, the dude can shoot and it's worth the chance. And who knows? He might be a future piece of your core with Will Smith or whoever the Sharks have at down at Beast at dishing to him. Like, he's he seems to be a really good pickup and I think he needed that culture change. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you're right on the nail hitting the head right on the nail there. So unfortunately that would be the end of the good times for the sharks. The sharks would end that second period uh, again, facing a deficit at six to 12 in favor of the Canes on shots on goal going into the third, you know, the sharks I think played well in that first 10 minutes of the third period. Um, however, at 9.07, Stefan Nason, former Shark, comes through oh, with, course. yeah, exactly, some post-teal post syndrome going on there. Stefan Nason with his first goal of the season, caught Kenny and Emmy, and um, uh, uh, s- s- uh, what? I, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, S-J-E-I. Oh, uh, Jarvis? S- Jarvis? Jarvis, yeah, yeah, Jarvis, thank you so much. Um, he... Uh, you know, would factor in again on the on the assist sheet, and at some uh, point, talent catches up. Like you're right. this, this Sharks team. Okay, their offense you can argue is pretty talented. You have players like Duclair, who's kind of invisible right now, but like you have players like Duclair Eklund, who can they're argue they're talented, but like Carolina, just at some point, it was going to explode, and them just allowing Blackwood to constantly get bombarded by shots was gonna blow up and that's exactly what happened here like shay shay sorry i'm i'm I'm, i appalled oh brady shay my bad thank you but like that's exactly what happened here like the talent caught up the canes are a better team there are i think they were my cup picks this year so like talent's gonna catch up the sharks are bad this year they're gonna stay bad this year this is gonna happen a lot get used to it anywho but yeah yeah, and and you know I'm looking at I'm I was looking at the replay and again it's it's another one of those you know cross ice passes um, you know and it goes mm-hmm. through the box uh, mm-hmm. and, and you know when you're when you're on the PK they're taught to not allow the the puck to go through the box and they, unfortunately right at the end it was a little tic tac toe through the box and you know unfortunately Blackwood would have no shot at that. Um, it would come on the power play for Carolina. And I think we had said that uh, the special teams give it. Well, the special teams definitely take it away at this point. Yeah. Um, and the score getting tied up there, 3 3. But um, uh, Jarvis would uh, score his second on the uh, on the evening with uh, Nikosh and Burns getting the assist there. And um, that coming on the slap shot on a power play again, 11 51. So it would come about two oh. minutes. 40, you know, 40 some odd seconds. And I think it was Ian who tweeted this. They're starting to become the barracuda of last year, just constantly taking penalties. Like you got to stop taking penalties. I know the refs suck, but like stop taking penalties. Cause you, one of your PK isn't bailing you out. Like it was last year, arguably. Um, yeah. This just was impl- inflicted doom on the sharks. So, well, no, I mean, not only that Jules, but I think the, the fact that, you know, the, the defense is kind of a patchwork at the moment and you're relying mm-hmm. upon a PK in which itself is not fully formed. It's yeah. a recipe for, you know, disaster. disaster. Yeah, exactly. So like you said, it really just comes to the, 
it, it just comes to the fact that there's just so much more depth on, on Carolina. Also, and when you're not possessing the puck at all in a game, you're not likely going to win it. The league's becoming more possession-based than anything else. Like, you need the puck. And I think the Sharks' theory for this next rebuild is let's possess the puck as much as possible so we don't have to play defense. And the, that's what the Canes did here. They just possessed the puck for, like, most of the game. And, you know, at some point it cracked onto the Sharks. If that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I think it does. And I think you really put it eloquently. Um, Nikosh would uh, score again, this time coming around on a wraparound bunting and um, Shea getting the assists there. Um, and, and then it just kind of turned into a little bit of a track meet. Um, yeah. Brett Pesci would score. And Kot Kenny, I mean, uh, Nason would get the assists there and it would be six to three. And I really, I mean, it just felt like the Sharks just, one, I think, let their foot off the gas once they had the lead. Um, after that 10-minute mark, it just felt that they just stopped skating. And I think yeah. Carolina... <laughs> the Sharks are not a team who can do that. <laughs> yeah, and and Carolina, give them credit. I mean, their depth showed through. And, I mean, they put 12 shots up on, on you know in that third period. And give them credit. I mean, you come away with 42 shots on goal to the Sharks' 16. They played really smothering defense. Played great with the puck. Um, and, and again, this is one of those teams that I think is going to probably either come in second their division or win their division, um, this, this particular uh, season. I think Caroline, y'all, like, honestly, I'm honestly proud of how the Sharks team handled them, except for the last 10 minutes. Like they put up a fight. They put up a fight against the abs. We don't talk about Vegas, but they put up for the last two games, at least they've been putting up a fight, um, to teams that are arguably going to win the cup. You could say Carolina and Vegas could be a Stanley cup matchup. Um, or not Carolina, Car- Carolina, yeah, Carolina and the Avs could be saying the cup matchup. But, like, they put up a fight, so it's not like, I thought this was going to be a lot worse than it is. I'm actually being entertained, which makes the loss kind of worth it. This, like, at least they have young guys who we're starting to see develop. And I know the, this is going to be a long season, but we have guys like Bordelow and Eklund and Thrun and Kanijov who are starting to develop and to take form. So it just you can't compete versus the Canes. They're too talented, and the Sharks kind of suck right now. So that's it. Nate Natchez, thank you, thank you, Felix. Appreciate it. Um, I just uh, I you know I think you you look at the you look at the scoring and you look at how much they scored. They scored three goals, which is good. Uh, definitely building blocks. And you look at who scored. It's the people that you want to score. So that's good. Um, but uh, again that just that letdown in the last half of the third period. I mean, that's, 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 that's where you make your bones boys. And unfortunately, you know, you, you kind of let one slip through um, and you gave a good, good, good all around effort, I think for 50 minutes. Um, but you know, good efforts for, for 50 minutes is only going to get you so far. And you the saw... sharks don't have enough talent to just give effort for 50 minutes. They have to give the full 60 and yep. they simply just said, we're going to go to sleep now um, against a team who is far greater in talent. Like, you can't win on talent alone. Um, the Sharks don't have that talent to win on talent alone. Not to quote her Brooks, but, like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, they just they let their foot off the gas. But, like, I don't know. At this point, I'm like, if you're going to lose, at least lose in an entertaining fashion. 
Um, and at least they gave us that, except for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we are hitting the 35-minute mark, and we really appreciate everybody who's joined us uh, this evening. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Hit the bell to get notified after we go live. Of course, if you're a long-timer, you know we go live after every single game. Um, this particular game, unfortunately, would uh, the Sharks would fall 6-3 to three against the Carolina Hurricanes. Shots coming in 42-16 to 16 in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes. Sharks with 32 blocks, which is nice. Um, but on the faceoff dot, uh, the Sharks would be at 47%. Go for 2-6 two, two for six on the power play, but would allow three power plays as well. So, Jules, I uh, just want to give you the floor and uh, let me get your final thoughts and uh, where the people can find you. And uh, let's start wrapping this thing up. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. This is going to be a long season, but there is stuff to look forward to because the Sharks have a really good prospect pool. And uh, I'm definitely not looking forward to the draft or definitely am looking forward to the draft and just waiting for the season to fly by. Not to be that person, but I will be that person because I like my prospects. Um, but, yeah, you guys can find me at, at Jules. Um And, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, also, if uh, you haven't already, uh, please check out our Barracuda coverage tomorrow. We are going to be having a special guest. Mr. Nick Nolenberger of the Barracuda will be talking with Ian Reed. And uh, it will be great because we'll get to see a, a little bit of a bird's eye view on the uh, on the baby sharks. We'll get to see what's going on with the prospects and uh, who Nick is liking in the system, who he's got his eyes on and what his keys are going to be to, you know, having a successful start of the campaign for the Barracuda. So please check that out tomorrow night. And uh, thank you, Ian, for getting that scoop for us. That's always awesome to check in with Nick. And uh, as far as my final thoughts go, well, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be uh, a kind of a powerhouse. You do wonder a little bit about the goaltending, but um, they're going to get healthy and then they're going to get good and uh, they're going to be exciting to watch. It's good to see the Sharks uh, keep up with them for 50 minutes. Uh, I think like I had said before, <laughs> I just want to see some strides. So again, a 50 minute effort is better than a 40 minute effort, which is better than a 30 minute effort. So baby, uh, baby sharks We're going up, <laughs> uh, maybe baby sharks going into bigger sharks and going up. Oh, maybe? God. Hope hopefully, hopefully that's what we want <laughs> at this point in time. Oh, and uh, not so mid-major says, please don't say baby sharks again. <laughs> he works with kids. Oh, God. Uh, well, Teams use that song to troll the sharks. Yeah, so. right. I know. I know. Um, but uh, as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's Eric, E-R-I-K, last name Landy, L-A-N-D-I, on all of the social media garbage. Uh, you know, and, and come and find us. Uh, we've got some great uh, content for you coming out. Um, but in case you missed us and you want to catch us again, check us out across all of our channels and subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the bell. You'll get notified after every Sharks game that we're going live. <laughs> but if you can't and you want to join us on the audio, check us out on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, of course, the YouTube Rewind, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Audacity, and then, of course, always on TealTownUSA.com. We've got uh, great articles and editorials, and uh, you can definitely check out uh, the Nick Nolenberger interview tomorrow night here. Sorry, went that uh, went a little bit too fast on that, but you can check that out uh, here uh, on YouTube. And uh, for everybody at the show, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal, 
and uh, have a great night. Now I think it's time for that outro. <laughs>